Buenos dias. Good morning, Ozark. I hope we're doing well today. And if not, that's okay too. As, uh, as Alora said, we're starting a new sermon series. We're calling Unexpected Love, where we're looking at the life of Jesus in moments where his love is just that, right? Unexpected, where Jesus expresses his love in out-of-pocket ways. But before I start this morning, I have a confession to make. I spent too much time on this sermon. I did, I spent too much time on this sermon. And you might be going, there's no such thing as spending too much time on a sermon. Well, in my case, I think I did, (laughs) right? I was so ready to come up here and kind of use the tools that I've learned these past few years, uh, ready to come up here and, and prove to myself and if I'm being honest, to my peers as well, that I'm qualified to do this, or that I'm ready to go uh, into ministry. Right? I, was, I was ready, I prepared a sermon, you know, through dissecting the text, translating from the Greek, looking at the grammar, uh, even utilizing some, some higher criticism, jutsu, you know, a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything, for real. And so after like a month and a half, I'm sitting with the text, uh, and, and kind of getting a vision, idea of what I want my sermon to look like. I go to my wife, Narissa. Right? I, 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 I kind of give her my vision, my idea for the sermon. And then once I'm done, she looks at me and she says, you're doing too much. <laughs> she says, you're doing too much. Right? Talk about unexpected love. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and y'all, that hurt. It really did. But it gave me a different understanding of the text, or at least it helped me realize that I was making a similar mistake as the person in our story this morning. I had equated my good intentions with faithful obedience. I equated my good intentions with faithful obedience, and good intentions do not always equal faithful obedience. And we'll see that more in our story today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. It'll be on the screen as well. I'll be reading out of the the NIV. We got a large text and not a whole lot of time. So I'm going to read it here in a second, offer some thoughts as I read. Uh, We're looking at the story of the rich young ruler. And if you thought my wife was harsh with me, just wait until you hear the words of Jesus to this guy. (laughs) All in love, of course. I want to set up a story. The story of the rich young ruler is found in each synoptic gospel, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's interesting that in each account, it's preceded by the story of Jesus embracing and inviting the children, right? Jesus embracing and inviting the children. This is what he says, uh, this is what Jesus says right before our text in verse 15. He says, Jesus, Jesus says, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. This is how each author begins the, this portion of the story. And I think it's important, especially as we read the text. So read with me in verse 17. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. Red flag number one. Do, do I have any teacher's pets in here? Right, no, no need to be ashamed, no need to be ashamed. I'm a TA, and I feel like all TAs are, just certified teacher's pets. But that's what he is, good teacher, good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? 
Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared. Red flag number two. He left out the good, just called him teacher. (laughs) All these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, one thing you lack, in other words, you're missing the point. He said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, then you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, he went away sad because because he had great wealth. I, I like the Greek word there for his face falling, it literally means gloomy. A man's whole forecast changed because of what the Lord has said, for real. (laughs) Jesus looked at his disciples, check out what he says to them. He says, how hard is it for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God? Then the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to to one another, who then can be saved? They started to get a little nervous. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, says, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age, homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields, along with persecutions, interesting, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. That's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot, right? And it's not an easy text, especially for many of us who are more fluent than what we might realize. And it's one of my burdens this morning to give you a fair interpretation of this text. Right? There's a lot of debates surrounding the story of the rich young ruler, whether or not we should, we should read it literally, right? whatever that means, or whether we should read the story of the rich young ruler metaphorically, right? whatever that means. But after sitting with the text, and giving it a serious reading, I'm confident of at least one thing. I'm confident that the love of Jesus comes with a price. The love of Jesus comes with a price. And I think it would be inappropriate of me to throw out a literal reading of the text, right? Or a plain reading of the text. Because there are people in this room, people watching online, who, who bear the marks of Christ on their bodies, whose life resemble a literal reading of this text. Now don't hear me saying what I'm not saying. I'm not saying all of us in here need to go and sell everything that we have and give it to the poor. Although some of us might. But at the very least, Christ does call us to take up the plight of the poor. At the very least, Christ does call us to take up the plight of the poor. I, I like how uh, St. Oscar Romero said it. If you don't know who Oscar Romero is, he's like a, he's like a Latino Dietrich Bonhoeffer, right? He, he was the Archbishop of El Salvador during the 1970s, during the Civil War. Uh, he was ultimately martyred while giving a homily at a Mass. 
But this is, these are his words concerning the text. He says, this is a commitment of being a Christian, to follow Christ in his incarnation. If Christ, the God of majesty, became a lowly human and lived with the poor and even died on a cross like a slave, our Christian faith should also be lived in the same way. The Christian who does not want to live this life of commitment, of solidarity with the poor, is not worthy of being called Christian. Or or what about Augustine? This is what Augustine said. He said, what he heard, referring to the rich young ruler, we too have heard. The word of Christ is the gospel, amen? He sits in heaven, but does not cease to, to speak on earth. Let us not be deaf, for he shouts. Let us not be dead, for he thunders. If you're not willing to do the greater commandments, do the lesser ones. If the burden of the greater is too much for you, take up the lesser. But church, why are we slow to do either? Why do you oppose both? Right, the greater commandments are, sell everything that you have, give to the poor and follow me. The lesser commandments are, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, honor your father and mother. So do these things. The love of Jesus comes with a price. And it comes with a price for Christ and it comes with a price for us. If we are, after all, people of the way, then we should live as the way lived. And the way of Christ is he who was rich became poor for our sake, right? I mean, this is what Paul tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter two, verse, chapter two, 2 Corinthians 8, chapter eight, verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. This is the way of Christ, and if we are off to people the way, then we should live as he lived, being rich and becoming poor for the sake of our neighbors. Let us not miss the point, church. Lest we who are rich in knowledge be poor in love, lest we have good intentions at the expense of faithful obedience, lest we who know the Bible miss the point. And it baffles me that this is the way that Jesus shows his love, right? I mean, the rich and ruler comes up to him, asks him a question, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him the answer, and he doesn't really do that very often. Right? He gives him the answer, and the man up and walks away. And Jesus lets him. <laughs> Jesus lets him walk away. And I don't want to be naive, unfortunately, but I think, I know there's going to be some of us in here who at some point in our life will look at Jesus and up and walk away. Regardless of whatever the reasons are, whether it's because of wealth, like the rich young ruler, whether it's because of politics, whether it's because of tragedy or suffering, social pressures or convenience, whatever the reason might be, some of us might, will look at Jesus and say, yeah, you're not enough for me anymore. I don't need you anymore. And my hope for us today, church, is that we reflect on the things that take us away from God, the things that dominate our imagination more than the Lord, the evil spirits that drive us away from God and into sin. Be vigilant, Christian, lest you who know the word
word reject the word. Lest you who know the word reject the word. If we are all, I think one of the reasons that so many people are walking away is that we've forgotten what it means to be people of the way. People of the odos, gente del camino. I find it interesting that this is how Jesus ends this section. Verse 29. Lord, I pray that you ask our, or you bless our first responders wherever they're going and to wherever they're going to. But verse 29, he says, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times in this present age and in the age to come. I, I, I was thinking about this text and it stood out to me for a particular reason. See, my whole family is made up of immigrants. My whole family is made up of immigrants. And I was reading this text and I was like, I was like, what type of people leave home, brother, mother, father, sister, house, and field for anything? Like, what kind of type of people do that? And I read the text and it just kind of hit me that, that this is immigrant language. This is migrant language. People who are willing to leave everything for the sake of something new. And I find it interesting that this is how the story of the rich young ruler is sandwiched, right? That the beginning says, if you want to inherit, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to have the faith of that like a child. If you want to, if you want to follow me, then you need to have the faith similar to that of a migrant who's willing to leave everything for the sake of a new life. Church, this is what it means to be people of the way, people of the odos, gente del camino, that we are willing to leave everything for the sake of Christ and his gospel. See, it's a noble thing to be a migrant or an immigrant and leave home, brother, mother, father, sister, house, and field for the sake of a new life and direction for your family. But it is a righteous thing to leave home, brother, mother, father, sister, house, and field for Christ and his gospel. That's the kind of people that we're called to be. That's the kind of commitment that we're supposed to have to the Lord. And many of us, if not all of us in here, have left home to come and study about Christ and his gospel. Many of us, if not all of us in here, have left family to come and study about Christ and his gospel. Many of you have left country to come and study about Christ and his gospel. As students, we study and we learn for Christ and his gospel. As professors, you teach and study for Christ and his gospel. As Christians, we serve and love for Christ and his gospel. The love of Jesus comes with a price. And it means being willing to do everything and leave everything for Christ and his gospel.